is back together. It's been a little while. I was on vacation last week. Was supposed to be covering Illinois down in Florida at the Emerald Coast Classic. Of course, that got canceled. The family and I decided to make the trip anyway, so we went ahead and went. Had a great time. Thanks to you guys for covering while we were all gone. It's great to be back together here. And as the calendar turns to December, now we're getting ready for some big-time Illinois basketball games. Football as well, but our focus of conversation today will be on basketball. How are you guys feeling, Molly, first about this game tomorrow? Illinois, fifth ranked in the country, set to play Baylor, who is number two. I'm just excited for them to get a good test. I don't think this MTE was the best showcase of what this team could be capable of. Of course, the first two games, they beat them by 50 points or more, and then they kind of hung in there a little bit with with Ohio of course they played um Ohio played tremendously so I think they need a little bit of that they needed some adversity heading in uh to this weekend but or excuse me this week <laughs> it's been a long week guys um heading into Wednesday and um you know I'm just excited to see how they compete against some of the highest level basketball that that there is yeah, I mean, you mentioned not getting a lot of competition, and then, but Ohio was a lot closer game than we had anticipated. But it was just nice, you know, that first MTE seeing the the team out on the court again. I mean, after last season, the the way that it ended, I think it was really nice to see them playing, and of course, getting those solid wins in the first two, and then scrapping out the third one against Ohio. This game against Baylor is, I again, I've not been around long, but it has to be one of the biggest games in a very very long time for Illinois. I mean, just going back in the record books, uh, out of all of their top five matchups in their history, they've had, I believe, 15 of them since basketball or records were being kept. And they're eight and seven in those games. So number two versus number five. It's been a while since we've seen one of those. So I'm just kind of excited to see what happens. It's kind of, I feel like, going to shape the college basketball landscape for the season. The biggest regular season game for Illinois, there's no doubt about that, in 16 years, since December 1st, today, 16 years ago, when Illinois absolutely demolished number one Wake Forest at then Assembly Hall. I was at that game back then. That place was electric. It's unfortunate there won't be any fans tomorrow night for this Baylor game in Indianapolis in the Jimmy V Classic, which was originally supposed to be played in Madison Square Garden in New York City. That obviously is not going to happen. They've, they've moved it to Indianapolis. So no fans. It's going to be a weird environment for a top five matchup. But with the biggest matchup so far and the biggest game and the most hyped regular season game in 16 years for Illinois, and I know Illini Nation is pumped up just to see where this team is. Marley, you were at the game against Ohio on Friday. How did you feel? What was the building like? I know there wasn't many people there, but did you feel Illinois panic at all down with just seven seconds left, Ohio DeSumo once again takes over and, and wins the game for Illinois. Yeah, well, first I'll kind of start with the vibe in the State Farm Center. And I know me and Andy talked about this on the podcast last week, is that it didn't feel like this was the number eight team in the country that was playing. It just felt kind of like a scrimmage or like an exhibition match. It was just a very weird environment. But talking to the players, they kind of just said, oh, you know, we haven't really been paying attention to it. We kind of tune out all the outside noise. But not having that crowd, because sometimes the crowd can be so on your side and it can be so electric and it can be so energizing. So to not have that, I think, is a little bit of what we saw with Ohio. I mean, there the Ohio bench was very chirpy. They were very loud. They were a 
team that looked like they wanted to get in the heads of of the Illinois players and that's kind of exactly what they did and then sort of in the second half you could kind of see them going like back and forth like the old school like high school battles that people would have like they're doing like the little like defense chance and back and forth so they they brought the energy up and I think that's what is going to be so important this season moving forward is that Illinois is going to have to create their own energy. Yes, it's a bummer that they get to play in these awesome venues. I mean, uh, they're heading back to Indianapolis this week and and they don't get to have a crowd there, but it's going to be all about them uh, bringing their own energy because like we saw against Ohio uh, and when Ohio was in there in the game able to hang with them, uh, you could tell that Illinois wasn't playing with that same driver passion as maybe they would have if there was was a crowd uh, there in the arena. And three games in three days, I think you might have that a little bit. Look, Illinois is going to get its opponent's best shot every single game. When you're a top 10 team in the country, you are going to get the best that that team has to offer. Ohio was pumped up. They had Illinois circled on the calendar. They knew Friday was the game that they wanted to come out and win. How different was it, though, Andy, compared to Wednesday? Did you sense that energy on Wednesday in the season opener when Illinois comes out and wins by 50-plus? Yeah, I mean, you talk about a season opener. I think everyone is excited for that season opener. So that energy, I'm sure, was really different than than it was, you know, going into that final game of the MTE. Um, and now, like Marley mentioned, it's about bringing that energy back into Indianapolis. Um, and Brett, I mean, like you said, everyone's going to give their best shot to this Illinois team. Baylor started their season a little bit later than they had expected to. I mean, I'm sure they're happy to get – um, a couple of games in, Scott Drew is going to be back on the sideline for the first time this season for the Baylor Bears after testing positive for COVID-19 before the season started. So there's a lot of energy going to be coming into this uh, into the stadium from the Baylor side. I think it's about Illinois matching that going into this game. And, you know, just looking through the comments right now, it seems like people, some fans are excited or at least confident about this game. Anthony Franklin says they'll destroy Baylor. I think uh, <laughs> a lot of fans are hoping that that's going to be the case, but uh, just as, you know, watching as as someone, as a neutral, I mean, covering Illinois, I hope it's going to be a good game. I, I think it will be based on how this season has gone so far. I mean, both teams have shown some positives uh, going into uh, this really highly regarded matchup. And Baylor has made more of a statement so far than Illinois. They beat Washington, absolutely clubbed them. At least that's a high major team, not a mid-major team like Ohio. Uh, Baylor beats Washington 86-52, and they took care of Louisiana Lafayette uh, 112-82. And they come in with a lot of hype. I would say they have uh, maybe more experience, all led by Jared Butler coming in. I can't wait for that matchup. I hope Ayodesumu and Butler guard each other and play against each other. Those are two uh, first-team preseason All-Americans coming into this year. I would say Baylor has more depth probably at the guard position. They've got several players there who have a lot of experience at the guard position. But I think Illinois probably has the advantage in the front court with Kofi Coburn against Flo Thamba, who was a guy that Illinois recruited. And so I think for Illinois to win this game, the guard play is going to have to be very, very good. But I think it's going to come down to Kofi. And I'm curious for you guys' reaction to the first three games. Obviously, Kofi had a good stat line, but especially in that Ohio game, I felt like he maybe struggled a little bit, Molly, just in terms of hanging on to the ball and really dominating like you would hope he would. Yes, he has the double-double, but like you always want more, right? Like When you're the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, I think you come in and all of a sudden now you, you want more and you expect more. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. 
Right. That's exactly it. I think um, I, I, he's almost hitting um, a plateau. You know, he started the season so strong as a freshman. I What was it like nine straight double doubles? Probably. I don't know the exact number, but uh, for him to come out and have that freshman debut that he had and kind of he struggled a little midseason, but then finishing the season the way he did, you would only hope that that would continue um, into this year. I don't like you said, Brad, I don't think he played bad by any means, but I think he needs uh, just like a little more juice heading in, heading into this one. Andy, what are your thoughts about Kofi? Well, uh, Brad Underwood talked about him in his press conference today uh, with, with the media talking about Kofi, you know, needing to find like his, his presence in this game. Um, there were times where things got a little bit sloppy, like Marley mentioned against Ohio, where, you know, he was going down low and just the, the smaller feisty Bobcats were able to, to take the ball away from him. So he's going to have that in spades against Baylor, uh, you know, who is known as a smaller team. And they're going to be all about being feisty and trying to get the ball away from Kobe when he goes down low. So, you know, having that focus from him and also, Focus from the freshman Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo. You know, Andre had a couple of, you know, uh, tough giveaways uh, mm -hmm. through that MTE. And, you know, that's just part of the learning process. You're going to get that with freshmen. Um, Adam, you know, has been has been stellar so far. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays um, uh, against, uh, you know, a really highly regarded team in Baylor. Um, so I think playing clean is going to be the key for Kofi after we saw that you know, get a little bit messy against Ohio when we saw how they kind of get dragged into the mud with the Bobcats, which is not where they want it to be. And Andy, I think maybe that's a little bit of a testament to how they were able to play like the first two games of the MTE because they got all jazzy, you know, they're they're doing all this fancy stuff. And then coming in against Ohio, I mean, there was one play like Andre Curbelo had a turnover off kind of like he like dribbled it behind. It, you could tell he was like trying to be fancy and Brad Underwood was not happy about that so like you said andy like playing clean keep it to the basics maybe they're just trying to like do too much and show off so let's let's keep it simple heading into baylor huh yeah and i think if if they can match the backcourt they have a great opportunity to win this game with uh davion mitchell he's a third year player junior he's he's really really good um Masio teague Another guy, he's a, a senior that comes in that's been very, very good for them. Obviously, it's going to all start with Jared Butler. But then can Illinois also match uh, Mark Vitale, who's another really, really uh, good front court player for them? Baylor just seemingly has a little bit more experience on the depth end of it. And can Illinois come out and match that? Because Illinois has talent. We've seen that. Like you mentioned with Andre Corbello, we saw some flashes of him. With Adam Miller, obviously played really, really well and has had a heck of a three-game debut here. But that's still inexperienced when it comes to these high major profile games but for Io DeSumo it all comes down to this is why he came back and I know you guys talked to him earlier today and, and he was excited saying that hey he can't wait for tomorrow night we have a, a huge opportunity in front of us you know we have opportunity where we can go take what's ours we can you know put the whole country on notice and and take what we want take what we need you know we want to be higher we want to be we believe we're the best team in the country and there's no better chance no better way than to show it tomorrow is being in front of the whole that's uh, a leader for you right there what illinois go-to guy and you know he's going to be hyped up you know this is the reason that he decided to come back was for moments like this to elevate his stage he wants a higher platform to play on in a sense you know he didn't get his ncaa tournament to show the country now he's going to have that in his third year and the country like he said going to be watching tomorrow night uh 
I just get the sense, Molly, that he is just confident. You know, that, that he knows that he's been in some high-profile games, maybe not the NCAA tournament, you know, but he's been in some, some really primetime matchups here, and maybe not at the top five level. But I feel like Io is going to be ready for this moment. And I saw earlier Brad said that practice was just focused. It was just different today, that they were locked in and ready to go, you know, 24-plus hours here before this game. And I think Io, he's, he's handled the pressure before. I mean, last season we saw him take on that role as the closer. I don't know how many games it was where he was able to make clutch shots, you know, the less than a minute on the clock or whatever it may be, and he came and he delivered in those high-pressure situations, which I think prepares him for playing at this stage. And he also mentioned just the growth of this team. I asked him, do you remember the first time you played – a ranked opponent that would have been right when you were in in Maui um, and they they played Gonzaga and he said nothing can really you really prepare you for playing in these games until you actually do it and and he's had the experience you know they've met plenty of ranked teams last season beating a couple as well so I think uh, just having Aya with that experience and like you said Brett that confidence uh, certainly bodes well for the team um, heading into this and just for him to kind of be you know the rock of the team he's he's a veteran presence now and of course along with uh, Trent Frazier and and DeMonte Williams those are guys that have been through it for for four years so I think for them to stay composed and, and just have this leadership uh, will definitely be good for them. Yeah, I mean, you talk about needing that leadership going into this game. And we said earlier that this was, you know, it seems unequivocally like the biggest game in 16 years. It's, you know, your first top five matchups since then. Um, someone had mentioned in the comments that, you know, they, they conference is more important to, to think about. And why I, I totally agree, but I think this is the chance where Illinois can really set themselves as a team to be reckoned with around the country. And I think that is possibly just maybe not just as important as conference but that's really important you know where io and that's how i talking about this being a legacy game where people will years from now you know think back to where they were where they watched that game just kind of how it unfolded this is that type of game and, it, and it's that type of game for people to recognize illinois around the country which is why i think it's so important that and that leadership like you mentioned from Trent, from DeMonte, which we saw in that Ohio game, is going to be that much more important because we've seen around college basketball this season, usually those four-year your teams with four-year starters, um, those teams with a lot of experienced guys are the ones who are winning pretty early on in this unusual year. And I think it's debatable. We pull up uh, a screen here from Chip. It says, hard to say a non-conference game in December is the biggest game in 16 years. Much more writing on conference games nine months ago. Look, I think it's debatable you can say that. The thing that is fact is that Illinois has not had a top five matchup since 2005. The national title game was the last time Illinois played in a two teams that were top five. That's not debatable in that sense. And so the regular season game, you could argue, too, that, you know, the first regular season top five matchup for Illinois since 2004, December 1st. 2004, which was the Wake Forest game. So, you know, I, I think it's up for debate what is really the biggest game in that sense. But Brad Underwood knows that this is when he took this job, the moment and the place that he wanted to be at. And when he talked earlier today, you got the sense that, hey, he was excited. This this is his one of his biggest games regular season that he's ever coached in. And for his long coaching career to get to this point, this is also a big moment for Brad as well. Yeah, it's where we belong. That part I'm proud of. That's this is where we belong. We should be in these games. And 
we've got the best fan base in the country. We travel uh, in a normal year. This place would be rocking if it was in the garden. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I've said it, the greatest satisfaction to me right now, today, is that this was a, the 11th ranked program in the history of college basketball, and we're, we're at that level right now. And we, we, we've got that. And we're not picked 10th, 12th, 13th in the league. We're, we're playing in the Jimmy V uh, on national TV against the second ranked team in the country. And uh, Scott's had that thing there for a lot of years. And, um, you know, it, that, that's, that's exciting. It's not something that we take for granted. But, it, but I do think it's where we should be. And it's nice to be back there and, and uh, uh, have our chance to play on that stage. Ooh, that gave me goosebumps. It's fun to cover relevant teams. It's fun to be in this position uh, from a media angle to cover a team like this, to provide coverage for Illini Nation. It's fun for Illini Nation to be in this point, to have excitement going into a regular season game in December where Illinois is this highly ranked going against the number two team in the country with so much at stake moving forward. This next 10 days for Illinois, 10, 11 days, will define the non-conference portion of the, of the season and how you feel going into the conference portion of the schedule. It starts in just a couple of weeks here. But this is the time. This is the moment where Illinois controls its fate here to stay in the top five. Yes, you're at this point now, Illinois, but you have to go prove it. The number five ranking is nice, but you really haven't done much yet, right? You have to go show that you are worthy of that number five ranking and potentially higher. And it all starts tomorrow night against number two Baylor. UT Martin game announced this afternoon as well. That will be Saturday night. So we'll, we will have an Illinois football game at 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday, then an Illinois basketball game at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, shaping up to be a fun Saturday for Illini Nation. And the next Tuesday, you go to Duke. Next Saturday, you go to Missouri in the Bragging Rights game. And then it's on to conference play. And so this is the moment for Illinois to really take advantage and key in. And it's exciting. It's exciting, like I said, to cover it here. We're going to provide all sorts of coverage the best that we can. Unfortunately, we can't go to the game tomorrow night. They're only allowing a newspaper and like um, people like 24-7 Sports, our friends Jeremy and Derek, you know, some, um, some online outlets. No local TV stations allowed, unfortunately, but we're going to do our best to cover it along the way. We've got Trent Meacham lined up tomorrow night. He's going to join us in the first half, kind of doing a simulcast. We'll break the game down. We'll hear from him, the former Alina who played in some big games himself. And we'll do a post-game podcast tomorrow night as well. So it's going to be a fun ride up until tip-off tomorrow night, 9 o'clock on ESPN. And we'll see, guys, how you feel going into the game tomorrow night. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't think I've been this excited to watch a basketball game since, like, the Miami Heat were in the NBA Finals several years ago. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited. Like you said, it's it's all about proving that, that they belong here. Uh, they've talked about this a lot, that they're going from the hunters to now they're the hunted. And I think this is a great opportunity for them uh, to prove that they belong in, in that ranking and they can hang here uh, at, at the highest level that there is in, in college basketball. This is probably as excited as I've been for covering a game since uh, when I was a student in college and Illinois State brought in ranked Wichita State and they beat them, you know, in Redbird Arena. So um, 
you know, different circumstance, you know, you're going to a neutral site, but it's got that same feel. And I, you can kind of feel the energy from Alana Nation, which is what I think is getting us excited as well, that, you know, they know that this is a big time to make a statement. Um, and, you know, I'm just ready to see how it plays out. It should be a really good game. All right, we can't wait to see how it all plays out. Nine o'clock tomorrow night, we'll have all sorts of digital coverage leading up to it, and then also after the game as well. Can't wait to break it all down. For Marley and Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for watching. We'll do it again tomorrow night. We'll see if Illinois can go get a win in the Jimmy V Classic in Indianapolis. Guys, thanks. Can't wait for it.